Chapter 5 Five years later Shale thrust her bonewood sword back and forth. She slid in and out of stances, practicing quickly and changing forms until her clothes were sodden with dirt and sweat. Once satisfied with her performance, she deposited the sword into the hollow and exchanged it for the bow. After darkening the target with blackberries, she paced right to the edge of the clearing, about 50 yards back, then knocked a slender arrow, set her feet and aligned her eye with the target. The bowstring thrummed as she pulled it back and let go. The arrow flew so close to the target that it flayed the bonewood tree of sunbark on its flank. One more try, she told herself as she knocked a second arrow. A hissing sound washed over the canopy. Wrenching her head up, Shale saw them to the east. A fleet of dark, ominous clouds were coming this way. With a heavy sigh, she collected up the arrow and left the bow and quiver back into the hollow before ambling back to the monastery. She pushed the loose slab free easily. Her arms were accustomed to its weight by now. Then she slid through the gap into the storage room. Mere years ago, her body went free cleanly, but now her adolescent curves scraped the cold edges. It wasn't a gap suitable to adults, but luckily she was small for her age, and her training kept her trim. Her footfalls were padded as she crept across the corridor, live, like a fox. She skipped past the open door of the prayer room, then spun around the corner, ready to dart up the stairway. But she drew to an abrupt halt as she came face to face with the one person she wanted to avoid most in all of Yim. Sam Mother Zira cradled a steaming clay cup to her chest and glared. Stupid girl, you almost made me spill that. I'm sorry, Sam Mother. No, you would have known sorry had you scalded me. What's my policy on punishment? That the punishment will fit the crime elevenfold. As the gods intended. Yes, Sam Mother. Of course, Sam Mother. I apologize for being so hasty, San. As Shale attempted to sidle past, Zira caught her forearm and pulled her close. Her breath reeked of cloves. You are drenched to the bone, girl. And is that mud on your shift? Where have you been? I was in the yard, she replied promptly. I like the early morning air, but I was caught in the downpour. Zira's cheeks twisted, as if sucking on an extremely bitter lemon rind. You couldn't have gotten soaked so quickly. The rain was only light at first. I liked how it made the gadget smell. I suppose that's where the mud came from. I didn't realise how wet I was until it grew heavier. Zira, who'd never thought much of Shale, seemed to have little trouble believing that she'd simply forgotten how rain worked. Well, why are you just dallying about? Go and get bathed and changed. There are chores to be done. Shale had to swallow the desire to inform the senior Sam mother that it was barely past dawn. Everyone else would only be getting up, which meant their chores were yet to begin. But it was no use in trying to make the unreasonable see reason, so Shale wordlessly rushed off to the bathing chamber. It was there that she approached a brass tub of tepid water and began to scrub her skin with scented lye soap, washing off the grime of the forest. She was shocked at how brown and dusty the water became. How did she manage to always get so dirty? Once dry, she dressed in her Sam Mother uniform, which consisted of a sky-blue robe with a dark blue mantle and shawl. The light girls ensured the uniforms were fresh each morning. It was one of the small pleasures of the day, to feel the clean cottons kissing one's skin. When Shale and the other junior Sam Mothers were ready, they descended down to the refectory, 
where they broke their fasts on oat cakes filled with walnuts and dried fruit. After that, Sheil fetched her dustpan, broom, and duster from the storage room. In the morning, the light girls worked the kitchen and scullery, preparing the food, serving it to the Sam mothers, eating their own portions, then cleaning up the mess. The Sam mothers took to the prayer room, overseeing morning prayers and ceremonies. Sheil's role, however, was more specialised. Most of the senior Sam mothers simply addressed her as Sweeper Girl. Her route started in the prayer room, where she lit the candles that filled the room with the smells of jasmine and lavender. Long ago, she'd found such smells pleasant, but now they made her skin crawl with the association of years trapped within these walls. She gave the prayer room a cursory sweep before moving on to the refectory, then the kitchen and the scullery. There were no shortage of rooms to clean within the monastery. There were guest chambers, senior solars, junior dorms, light girl dorms, the old light boy dorms, stairways, hallways, privies, bathing chambers, studies and the library. Then, even with those finished, that was just the main building. She crossed through the yard, passing the light girls tending the gardens and swept her way up the spiral stairway of the bell tower, all the way up to the loft. It was easy to become bored, but over the years she learnt ways to use her imagination to keep herself occupied. The broom became a Salmanian sword and she was a sultry the bold, defending the Eternity Bridge from the sky crawlers. Other times, it became a bow and she was Novelim, the Huntress, climbing the Dadric Spire to face the evil Elder Dragon Persanigal. When she finished with the bell tower, she was permitted to study until evenfall. Usually, this entailed concealing a violent book within the pages of a more tasteful one. This ensured no nosy seniors would spot it and realise a fun book had accidentally been hiding in the library stacks. After her study, she revisited the refectory for a meal of rye bread, a wedge of pepper cheese and a stew of turnips, carrots and lentils, along with any other pickings from the monastery gardens. This was a game of odds. Once she'd been pleasantly surprised by a mouthful of sweet potato, but on another occasion, her eyes watered upon biting into a hard, raw clove of garlic. After that, she swept through the corridors again and finished the night where she began, in the prayer room. This was where she engaged in her third favourite pastime of the day, eavesdropping. Sweeping her way down the aisle, she drew to the partition benches where confessors spoke to Sam others. It was a well-known fact that the best confessions were told during the darkening hours. A young, muscular man, with hair as black as pitch, was speaking to Sam Mother Amiri. So you see, Sam Mother, I've been telling the girls in town that I'm descendant of Magisira, so they would. He trailed off, too ashamed to finish, but Shale fancied she could fill in the rest. He was telling the most attractive girls in town to do his bidding, else fall foul of his hexes, in which case he was correct to be ashamed. In another booth, a middle-aged woman was speaking to Sam Mother Darina. Anusha would stay out to all hours of the night, then he'd come home a couple of hours before dawn, reeking of ale and brandy. I tried to ask him where he's been, but he's always so full of secrets. So a few nights ago, I took vengeance. What manner of vengeance? Darina asked. Well, you sure has a mighty appetite when he comes home. Eats just about everything in the pantry. She wrung her hands. So rather than let justice serve itself, as a godly woman should, I concocted a plan. 
She then went on to describe how she cooked a stew filled with special ingredients procured from the cellar. More worms and dung beetles than you can imagine, Sam mother. I left it in the pantry, and when Yusher came home, he slopped it right up. Then the worst happened. He retched? No, Sam mother. He asked for a second helping. Sheil veered away from the conversation. She was shaking. She had to bite the insides of her cheeks to quell the laughter. Soon, she approached the altar, where within eleven marbled alcoves stood alabaster statues to each of the Hikari gods. As she dusted, she listened to the closest booth, where Sam Mother Alora was speaking to a man in conspiratorial whispers. The golden-haired girl was the same age as Shale. She could be a bit too pious at times, but she had a good heart. She even laughed and jested occasionally, which were rare sounds within these walls since the light boys had left. The man she spoke to was a farmer. That much was clear from his grubby skin, thick Hillman accent, and large, calloused hands. I tell you, Sam Mother, things just feel all wrong about it. How so? It was odd, he sniffled. Jaspers was eating food by the trough. Never seen someone so small put away so many turnips and potatoes. But he just kept getting skinnier. Some sicknesses deprive the body of the nourishment of food. And I could well believe that, Sam Mother. In fact, that were my very first thought. I took him to every physician this side of urine. But they all told me the same thing. That the boy was in the finest lack of health. One even accused me of starving him myself. No man, no matter how educated, is privy to all the workings of the world. Alora lay a delicate hand upon his bald fists. The eleven are mysterious. There are some sicknesses which perplex even the wisest of physicians. Bending and ducking her head into the alcove, Sheil began polishing one of those mysterious gods now. Sadly, Talquaris, god of war, had been one of the busiest of the eleven throughout history, though not quite as busy as the last one in the row. Ajala, god of death. I know that too, Sam Mother. Maybe you'd have to have seen him for yourself. Were he just changing on the outside, I'd have believed that. But he were... Changing on the inside? He nodded. He were a kindly boy, if a little odd. The sort that were shy around people, but loved animals. The corners of the farmer's eyes wrinkled as he chuckled. I remember one night, finding him asleep in the pen next to the pigs. Odie were his favourite, would just sit and rub his belly for hours. What changed? Instead of petting and hugging the pigs, he'd yell at him and sometimes hit him. When I caught him, I gave him a good telling off, then he snarled at me. It's hard to tell it, Sam Mother, but the eyes he looked at me with were other eyes, like animal eyes, but worse, like something wore his skin in those times, and he weren't himself anymore. Some sicknesses can even alter the purse. It were no bloody sickness! The farmer's voice rang through the prayer room. A few Sam Mothers glanced to Alora's booth, checking for the signal to call for assistance, but the golden-haired Sam Mother raised an open palm to indicate she had the situation under control. But her demeanour had changed. Even the kindest people have their limits, and now her expression was cold and humourless. Sorry, Sam Mother. The farmer rubbed the bridge of his nose. That were not proper of me. Suppose recent times have changed me too. That's quite understandable. Do go on. I just need you to know. I thought this were the best place to explain such things. It was an old evil. Maybe the oldest evil there is. If you were there, you'd have felt it too. 
I know what you're getting at. You believe it was the Shadery. Shale gripped Talquaris's shield so hard it was a wonder it didn't come loose. Had she just heard that right? Shadery? The farmer mopped a sheen of sweat from his forehead. I know how it sounds. Like I'm bloody mad. The old enemy from unknown ages. Risen again. But you love here. In town. With thousands in shouting reach. Easy to be brave. You should hear the tales folk tell on the hulls. What tales? All sorts. Some tell of livestock on mussing, with no sign of bandits or predators. One man told a story of trees, appearing in different places from one day to the next. Said if he ever got too close, he could hear them whispering. It isn't unheard of to hear men tell tall tales in their cups. Begging your pardon, Sam Mother, but I've loved in West and thrice the years since you've been alive. I know these hulls, and I know the difference between a man out for attention and one that's afraid for true. Shale was so transfixed by this exchange that she'd almost failed to notice Sam Mother Zira and Lorraine entering the prayer room together. As they surveyed the area, Shale sank behind Mamuria into the alcove, wishing she too was like the goddess of fertility and had dozens of eyes to keep watch from all angles. I was on the old banshee, no less than a moon ago, knocking back ales and telling folk about Jasperus. You know the folk of West Urine, Sam Mother. Kindest in all of you, wanted to buy me drinks and hear all the tales about my boy. At the end of the night, an old woman comes up to me and tells me about her family dog. A dog? Tada, she said his name was. A hound. Tells me he was the gentlest creature that I ever loved. More like Lady Lucky to death than the bare teeth. Wouldn't scratch to kill a flea. Then she pulls up her sleeve and shows me it. Showed you what? A scar. A scar? A scar as big as a butcher's blade. He pulled up his sleeve and traced a long finger down his arm to exhibit it. Says she was lucky not to bleed to death, and I well believe it. Says it was just how I said it was with Jasperus, where he was getting skinnier and skinnier, and they thought he was sick, until the day he attacked. Shale shuddered. She peered over Mamuria's shoulder to Zira and Lorraine, who were locked in deep conversation while they scanned the room. That's terrible, Sam Mother Laura said, but I'm sure, as with all things, there is a perfectly logical explanation. The farmer's face folded, like a building, sinking into rotten foundations. I'm telling you, Sam Mother, things just ain't right in these lands right now. Something's a mess. I ain't never told anyone this, but the day I found him, I followed his trail into the bogs. Some of the pushed-down grass was red and shiny. I was already panting as I followed it down to the Burish River. That was where I found him. On the bank. He swallowed hard, his eyes growing distant. I told everyone he drowned, but that ain't the truth. The truth is, there was a hole. And his belly. And blood. On his fingers. Sam Mother Alora became as white as the alabaster gods. Blood on his fingers? Don't you see, Sam Mother? She shook her head. He were trying to get it out. Trying to claw out the evil that got inside. The farmer fell forward and wept into his huge palms. Alora reached around and rubbed his back, whispering soothing comforts, while Shale just knelt there, becoming the twelfth statue.